1: We are back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We're live from Steelers OTA Sessions here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Uh, Starting hour two here, Matt. And uh, over the weekend, the Browns signed David Njoku to a Mm four-year, $56.75 million deal. Now, he was on the franchise tag, so they lowered his cap hit uh, from the franchise number this year down to $3.328 million. So it helped them this year. Yes. But... Their cap's
2: always odd to me. I mean, a couple teams, I always talk about the Saints, but, I mean, the Browns seem to be in that neighborhood too where they can get whatever they want. You know, the Watson deal is a massive one, but they're not paying them a lot in Paragraph 5 stuff this year. Um, I understand the Njoku move. And, you know, a couple notes on Njoku. I'm starting to think tight ends might be a little like our safety conversation where – the right ones can be real bargains, and I don't know if is going to qualify as that or not, but originally when they franchised him, I thought, man, that's a lot of money for Njoku, but the franchise tag for tight ends isn't that bad, that bad yeah. You know, and it's not much different than like the Azoma contract, or let alone the Jonu Smith or Hunter Henry contracts from a year ago, and you'd say what you want about Njoku, but I think he's in the same neighborhood as Henry and Smith, and tight ends do take a while, as we often talked about, to hit their stride, and... Nobody has more tight ends on the field than the Browns. So I get it, but he's not a sure bet, that's for sure.
1: Well, here's the thing. I'm looking here at the at the contract, mm-hmm. and while it was a four-year, uh, what did I say, four-year, $54.75 million, mm-hmm. $28 million of it was guaranteed. That's a big chunk. Seventeen million, uh, fully guaranteed at signing. So this year, he counts $3.328 million against their cap. Mm-hmm. Next year, that goes up to 8.793. In year three, $18.793 wow. million. Dollars. Like he
2: is better hit his stride by then. Yeah. Or this is not a good deal.
1: Now, his base salary that year is $13 million. He then also gets a $1.5 million per game bonus. Wow. Which, is that
2: something that's new in the contract world? Yeah, I not know if I've that. It
1: takes that number up to 18.793. Mm-hmm. In 2025.
2: So I assume they're looking at it like after two years we can get out of this. Yeah. But it's still going to have a lot of dead money. He's still going
1: to have a lot of dead money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, your dead money would be 5.9 million dollars in that. Mm-hmm. In so if he's year. not
2: good, he won't get those game check bonuses. Yeah. You know. I Actually, guess.
1: the dead money is 12.8. It's almost 12.9 million, uh, for a pre-June first cut.
2: Okay. So but boy, he's gonna be on the books for a while.
1: Yeah, and then in 2019, that that uh, cap number is 19.5, and then they also added on voidable year at the end. So in 2026, it's 4.2, almost 4.3 million dollars for him not to be on the roster. Then Not be on
2: the roster. So avoidable years is starting to be a Browns thing here. Yeah, I, I bring mean, it, it the... up
1: because of, of the of what they they signed. Uh,
2: Clowney, right?
1: Jadavian Clowney. So Jadavian Clowney. Signed a one-year, uh, nine-point-two-five million-dollar contract mm-hmm. to return to the Browns this Which year. Which sounds logical,
2: you know. He's a good player. He's not a great player. It's late in the process. Okay, but there's more to it. There's more to it because to the they did this.
1: Here. They did this with him last year, gave him voidable years on the end of that. So he counts three-point-six million dollars, whether he had played it down for them this year or not. Mm-hmm. And then they re-signed him to that new deal and put voidable years on that as well. So next year. If Jadavian Clowney doesn't re-sign with the Browns, he counts $6.4 million against their salary cap. Yeah, right, right. For a one-year deal.
2: Then mm-hmm. they may do it again, you know, and sign him again they after keep this kicking year. The can. Right, right.
1: The problem for them becomes, again, you, you have to start paying – the quarterback money starts to kick in. Very soon. For a guy who may not be playing football for you at that point. Mm-hmm. Their highest-paid player right now on their roster is Baker Mayfield.
2: That's crazy, too. I hadn't thought of that. I mean, they have a ton of guys that are making, like – eight to twelve. I mean the whole, the whole offensive line, Clowney, Garrett's over that. Now Ward's making money. they uh, Cooper's not cheap. You know, they they got a lot of dude, Najoku now, of course. Both their running backs are expensive. I'm not sure when the Bills are gonna come due for the Browns, but it hasn't quite hit them yet. But boy, it seems like it should be coming soon. But
1: Matt, they're going for it.
2: They're going for it, right. Yeah. Well they may not be without a quarterback all year too.
1: They're gonna be back they're gonna be in Jacksonville territory here pretty soon. Mm-hmm.
2: And Watson could raise all ships, I mean, on the field. Yeah. I mean, that's the plan, I assume, as you invest so much in that guy. Man, I I have my doubts how much he's going to play this year, too.
1: I, I do as well. And at some point, that Miles Garrett contract really kicks in here. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm looking at his numbers. Now. And while
2: you are, no one's going to bail you out on the Mayfield contract. No. You know, like even if you trade him to Carolina, you're eating a, a big chunk of that deal. And I guess those con- those conversations took place. And maybe they. I still think he'll play somewhere else and be an opening day starter for somebody. But they're not going to pick up the whole deal unless you they're give them pick a, up any of the deal. And the only way that happens if you like give them a second round pick to take Mayfield or one right. of those the Osweiler type of deals. And you you've know, are, right. you're
1: already without picks.
2: And you are already light on picks too. And yeah. again, uh, hey, I, I I think the Browns could be really really good, especially if Watson's out there for a big ch- chunk of the, play, the time. But they, they had very little in draft revenue or draft capital this year. They're going to very little next year. And they can't be having cap space. So this is, I mean, the ability to add in the future is going to be really hard for this team.
1: In 2023, Deshaun Watson costs them 54, almost $55 million. Does he really? And Miles Garrett costs them $29 million. Wow. $80 million of your salary cap. Two guys.
2: Wow. And, of course, the cap's going to go up. And, and there's a lot of great players. They're great players. I mean, they're the two Cooper, to invest in. But Amari
1: Cooper also costs you 23.7. Wow. So there's like $100, $100 million in three, three players.
2: Right. And, boy, I mean, Garrett has to. I mean, I, I think Miles Garrett's tremendous. I know he's not the most popular guy around here. But I think he's tremendous, and he's at that watt level. But he has to be defensive player of the year conversation to make that contract worth it. And Watson has to be a top-five quarterback for that contract to be worth it. Is Cooper a guy they can move on from? I I don't know. I mean, I, I can't imagine him being top-five at his position like the other two, no matter how it goes for him. He's a good player, not a great one. I'm
1: just uh, looking at this here now. They're 29 $29.5 million over next year's cap, hmm. and that's if it is comes in at about $220 million.
2: Yeah. I mean like everyone they'll restructure and they'll do things and there'll yeah. be some cuts but here's the thing I so, think their time of being a buyer is gone it's done yeah
1: As I said Watson's 55 million Garrett is 29.1 uh Joel Batonio is 146 Nick Chubb is 148 John Johnson is 135 uh
2: the the John Johnson is 237 of the world. Wyatt
1: Teller is 154
2: yeah I mean, what that tells me is they're going to keep Watson, they're going to keep Ward and Garrett and their stars, but the tier two guys might start to really dwindle. We already saw it with Treader.
1: And you, the thing is, you don't have draft picks to. And you don't
2: have draft picks to replenish that. Yeah. I mean, soon that line that they've invested so heavily in is going to be getting a little bit older. You know, I think like a Conklin you'll move on from. Maybe a Batonio you can't be, you can't keep around anymore the Coopers of the world are going to be hard to keep. No way are you going to have that much invested in running backs going forward to, you know, like they might be that team that has to trade Nick Chubb a, a year from now for a fifth round pick, you yeah. know, to a contender, you know, and that's, that's a hard world to live in.
1: Yeah. Especially when you, you know, you trade, Cause they went all in last year and
2: it didn't work it didn't out. Didn't work out. With, it didn't right, even right. make the playoffs. No. They're an interesting team building team, but boy, Watson has to be a star and more importantly, he has to be in the field.
1: Has to be on the field and I'm not sure that happens. We we're talking off the air and I mm-hmm. keep I keep seeing more and more nationally now, I think I think they're starting to catch on to what I've been saying all along that this could be a year or more.
2: Yeah. And,
1: and if that happens, that's that kills the Browns franchise.
2: Kills the franchise. I mean it yeah. sets you back for years. Um not to mention, and boy, I hope it doesn't happen again for everyone involved. But let's say he does get suspended for a year, or even, I I think, at a minimum, it's eight games. What if he does it again? You know what I mean? Like, in a way, you're kind of investing in somebody that has a substance abuse problem, or I know it's not the same, but I'm just talking dollars and cents here, or somebody that has a bad knee. You know, like, you're counting on these things to correct themselves, too. You know, like, do you know what's going to? I I, I mean, I think Watson's an awesome player, you know, but – he has to be, for this move to work, he really has to be, like, a top five quarterback, not even this year, but for, like, eight years and not do anything wrong again. You know what I mean? Like,
1: that's a risky investment. It, it really is. And so, it's, I'm going to be interested to see how You're this. You're buying
2: works. the stock high and you need it to go up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's. Yeah. Well, they bought a penny stock because that's what his value should have been at that point. hmm at market value for two years ago.
2: Yeah, right, right, right. But the contract does not imply he's a penny stock.
1: Right. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. They way overpaid for what the stock should have been worth. Yeah, right exactly, now.
2: exactly. In terms of his contract. I mean, yeah. Ando, oh, by the way, you have no first round picks going forward. That's that should be tough.
1: You know, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln?
2: Right, yes. right, right. So, boy, and you know. Like their linemen and the John Johnsons of the world, are they all going to be better next year? Chances are they're all going to be worse next year. Yeah, you know, twist. You know, uh, Wills will probably be better. He's younger, but most of these guys, you peak in the NFL doesn't last long. Right. A lot of these guys that peak together probably will be declining.
1: Yeah. And before you know it, it's. Uh...
2: I, I really think a, a next off season we could be talking about the Browns as wow they were. Super Bowl champs, or really had a great year, or they're set up think to that,
1: be. I don't see how they can be Super Bowl champs. I think
2: more likely though is boy, they, they've really put themselves in a bind, yeah. and it could be a dark couple of years for the Browns yeah. because of the the aggressiveness that they've made all these moves, including the Joku. Who, in a nutshell, that seems fine, but again, you're adding one more multi-million dollar middle tier two guy. That's really hard tier to deal one price. with. Right, right, right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so. I still believe the paying good players like great players is bad business, and I think he's a good player, but not a great one.
1: Yeah. Um, so Same we'll, we'll with see. John Johnson. I mean, I then, can see them yeah. really having in the next two years to have to tear that thing down.
2: Yeah, I think it's a possibility. I mean, they almost have to hit on a Cooper Cup in the third round type of thing. You know, yeah. they, they have to find, pull a rabbit out of a hat somewhere Multiple. along the line, maybe more than once. Yeah, right, right. 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 Because you
1: just don't. You're not going to have the money to go out and sign mm-hmm. guys because. Mm-hmm. You know, even if the cap goes up, you're you're locked into paying these guys a, mm-hmm. a lot of money. And you can't, you know, you can't walk away from Miles great. You can't walk away from Watson at this point. No,
2: no, no. You're totally tied in with him. And he can't just be good. He has to be elite. Yeah. You know, that's the problem.
1: And, and be elite in that he lifts everybody else around him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I like Deshaun Watson. I think he's a very good player.
2: Right. He also hasn't played in a
1: year. He also hasn't played in a year. And even at that, I mean, the Texans had some good talent around him. Right. And they were fine, but they weren't, they weren't great. They weren't a great team.
2: No, they weren't a great team. Right. And you would think he keeps getting better. He's not young. Yeah, I mean, he's not old. But you would get
1: better not playing.
2: There's a chance he goes two years without playing at all. Yeah. In an NFL game for two whole seasons. Then where is he? You know, I mean, right. that's, that's tough. Absolutely, kind of like Jordan yeah. Love or Trey Lance or one of these
1: guys, you know. Yeah. Like, but even those guys are, are in the room, and you know, if he's suspended, like, he's not even the building. Did, did he go to meetings last year with the Texans? Did he, you know? I think this time of year he was like playing free safety or
2: something. Yeah, he, was just so he didn't get suspended. Right, just showing up. Right. Yeah, they were developing Davis
1: Mills. So it's it's an interesting situation. I know a lot of the Browns fans it's are really volatile, very volatile, and it's it's, just it, a big it's not risk. the kind of risk that you see. The more stable teams like the Steelers take no,
2: you know, just looking at the division, I think it's really risky if you give Lamar a forty million a year extension. Yeah, it's not as risky as this. No, <laughs> it's not no. as risky as this.
1: No, I mean for all you know. If, whether you like Lamar or not, he's done what he's been asked to do for the, for the right.
2: He, he's done. there's nothing against you know, what he does. My, my reservation is signing him is
1: can he hold up and will he, he still, still do, be as explosive
2: yeah. as an athlete, you know, at the end of the contract as he is now, let alone. I mean, I'm sure Lamar is loved and respected in that building you think every woman in the Browns organization is thrilled that Deshaun's walking around? Probably not. And it's not just that gender either. You know, I mean, not everyone's probably thrilled and welcoming him with open arms. You know, there's a human element to all this, too.
1: Absolutely. There is a human element. uh, But it's always interesting to take a look at one of the other teams Mm -hmm. in the division to see what they're doing, how they're approaching things. Uh, Browns are being very aggressive this year. Don't know if it's going to work out for
2: him. Uh, and I'm not just bashing the division because I have great respect for this division. I think it's the most competitive one in the league. And I know we're up against a break here. But I heard someone talking on a podcast this morning, like, Alex Kappa is a good guard. Would he be a good guard in, this exp- in, in making this much money that the Bengals are giving him? And I'm not bashing the signing if Tom Brady wasn't his quarterback the last two years right. in Tampa. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. sometimes you got to be careful what you pay for. Because you're not going to make him as good if he's he's hit his ceiling with you know he, he's not going to be Fanica or Quentin Nelson. He's going to be a good guard on his best day, but Brady probably got the most out of
0: him too. I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh,
1: he is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, we are live at the Steelers OTAs here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. When we come back, we'll hear from Alex Highsmith yeah. as we uh, talked about earlier in the show. We'll do that when we come back. Right after this.
0: Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit slash awards.
1: And we are back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson, and earlier today, uh, Arthur Moats from West Euler sat down with Steelers edge rusher uh, Alex Highsmith. He's now heading into his third year. And as Matt and I talked about earlier in the show today, uh, a big year for Alex Highsmith. So let's hear what, uh, what Alex Highsmith had to say.
3: Alex Highsmith is uh, is our guest here on SNR, and I know Moti's excited about this one. I mean, this guy. Anytime we talk about the offense for more than like ten minutes, he's elbowing me in the race, stepping on my toes. He's like defensive side of the football. Defense matters. Gotta
4: talk about defense. Come on, man. We
3: know it's hot out there. You got a million things going on. Wedding coming up around the corner. Congratulations. Um, So thanks for taking the time. We appreciate.
4: I appreciate you guys having me on. So. Been a been a beautiful day here in Pittsburgh. It's Getting hot, so it's about that time of year. <laughs> it is hey, that's about the truth. That time man. Of year.
5: That's the truth. Now, man, you've been through this now a couple of times. Talk about, man. Where are you at mentally while you're out here, man? As a quote-unquote veteran, in a sense, man. Like, how are you feeling about this thing?
4: It's crazy to think that it's already year three. Yeah. Uh, it seems like yesterday. Just that's watching facts. the draft uh, like a month ago or whatever. it was like, dang, it really seems like 2020 when I just got drafted. But it's cool to be out here, uh, year three. This has really been, this has really been the first normal offseason for me because mm-hmm. got drafted. Didn't, wasn't didn't get up here till July last year. Like really, a bunch of guys didn't come till mm-hmm. uh, closer till mini camp because everything's still going on with COVID. And so this it's just been kind of cool uh, to get back to normal and you know, seeing a lot of people practice. You know, meeting in the locker room and stuff like that. And so it's been really cool. I feel like I've I've grown a lot and I just it's I feel like I'm stepping into more of a leadership role mm-hmm. uh, this year. Uh, being a year three guy and uh, having a year of starting under my belt and so, but that's just no there's no way for me to get uh, comfortable. I just always got to continue to get better. And continue to uh, get one percent better every day. That's kind of the mantra that I go mm-hmm. by, and uh, just really just stepping into more of a leadership role this year. But I feel good. My body feels good. I feel good mentally. So it's been a good, good all uh, season so far. I
3: like it. You mentioned the, the preparation in year three. Now I can imagine. You know, first year, you're you're bright eyed. Everything's moving so fast. Trying to figure out where you park the cafeteria, where you're <laughs> oh, locked <yes>. right. All <laughs> these different things that you're where you're living in a new city. Has it has it changed your process a lot in the last three years, or is it just more so now? You're more focused. You're maybe more detail oriented in knowing exactly what you're what you're going to be going through out
4: here. Yeah, I just you know. I feel like I've gotten just more accustomed to it uh, as I continue to be here in Pittsburgh. Uh, and like you said, when I got here, I think it was just so fast. Especially since we didn't get up here till July. Sure, sure. Uh, it would have been. Because
3: that was the first, the first COVID. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. get thrown right into the fire in
4: uh, the camp. And so getting up no here, no preseason and games, no either. preseason yeah. games. So <laughs> just getting up here, and having to learn everything super quick. And I feel like that um, for me. For some guys, it was probably used uh, as a disadvantage because some guys, you know, probably couldn't focus in, in virtual meetings and stuff like that. But I tried yeah. to use that as an advantage and just to come prepared uh, when I did get here. And so uh, it's just been cool to be able to continue to learn the city more and just learn just the way of the veterans more, like being around guys like Cam and TJ and Tyson and those guys, just learning how they go about their day and learning how they work. And so I feel like I just try to uh, really soak up some things that they that they do. And just I, I just always want to learn, like even if I'm, uh, you know, in my 10th year, you know, which I hope, uh, hope, hope, Lord willing, I, c- I can get to um, in the league. I still always want to be learning. You know, y- you can never learn enough, and that's how I feel like some guys, some guys can get to that point and think, oh, they got, they've, they've learned enough, and they can not get better. No, you can always get better. You can mm-hmm. always learn more. So that's just as I continue to grow in my career and grow uh, physically and mentally, I just want to continue to always learn more.
5: Yeah, now last year, man, we saw you take uh, just a great jump in terms of your productivity, not just in the run, but also in the pass game as well, man, getting six sacks as a rusher. Just talk about, man, at this stage now, what are you trying to fine-tune? What areas are you trying to improve upon? Because to me, one of the biggest things that jumped out, people will point to the sack numbers, but to me, it was how you played the run. I thought that you were a lot more physical in terms of setting the edge and just being more just disruptive in the backfield. So what are you taking out here this time of year and trying to say, you know what, these are the areas that I want to improve upon?
4: Yeah, just really the same as last year. I think uh, in the pass game, just working on my get-off because that's where it starts with the pass rush. You know Art, mm-hmm. uh, being a pass rusher, uh, just really working on refining my move. So... Uh, whether that's the cross chop, the, the swipe, the spin, just really, really honing in on. spin, boy,
5: everybody's seen that. Oh, spin
4: yeah, now, come on, now. I've got to bring it out more <laughs> this year, too. Um, just really honing in on, you know, really a couple moves on that I can just really use to my advantage and so that I can work those different moves because not all tackles set the same or punch mm-hmm. the same. you got to have different moves for different tackles, and so that's something I just try to learn more, and I'll – use different moves when I study different guys because some guys shoot their hands high, some guys shoot their hands low, so use different moves uh, for certain guys. And just run game, just continue to be more physical. I think that was something that really I want to get better at um, going into my s- second year because I think that's where a lot of people were like, uh, you know, I don't think you can play the run. I think I really showed people that I can and uh, just proved to myself that I can because I know I can. And uh, just really this year, I feel like I've got more more physical as well. I've gained, gained a few pounds, so putting on more muscle. And so I just want to continue to be all-around player mm-hmm. I just don't you know of course I you know I want to get sacks that's that's really the most important thing but <laughs> I mean I also, that's how you get that check come yeah. on man we know that <laughs> I also I also want to be known as you know a hard-nosed football player and right, that's right. playing the run and being physical because you know last year um you know we, we weren't where we wanted to be as a defense in the run and I think this year we got a lot to prove and uh, that's something just a key area where I want to be able to do my job when it comes like hey when they run the ball over here like they're not getting around this edge mm-hmm. that's the goal that I have and so I just continue to be more physical, and it's something that I have.
3: Something that you know, sticking with that, something that that Moats and I have discussed, uh, you know, a few times since the season ended. We're, we're doing this show three, four days a week still throughout the off season. We regurgitate topics sometimes. <laughs> One of the things we've talked about is is that run defense, and it's it's been a big topic amongst fans, amongst media, right, about how that needs to improve this year. But what we've said is. Five straight years now, the Steelers have led the league in sacks. I mean, you last year getting up to that number six, we all know Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt tying Michael Strahan's single-season sack record. It comes from a bunch of different ways for the Steelers in, in five straight years doing so. It's i got to imagine for you guys – if you can stop the run, if you can improve in that department and have more predictable situations where it's it's third and eight and you know you're pinning your ears back and getting after the quarterback, I mean, the team has led the league in sacks for five straight seasons, but it feels like maybe that could even go to another level.
4: Oh, it definitely could, just like you said, like – we have so much to improve on, you know, in the run game from last year, and I think everybody uh, being healthy this year and you know, having guys back is going to be, be a huge advantage for us. Um, just really feel like Coach bringing in Coach Flores has been awesome for us as well. He's so intelligent, and I can see why he's been a head coach in this <laughs> league just because of how intelligent he is. And he's been great so far. I've learned so much from him uh, just from – not only from a run game standpoint, but also from a pass rush standpoint, you know, learning uh, different protections from the O-line, learning stuff like that. So, he's he's great. He's been great for us so far, really adding value to our defense. And I just um, – I'm, I'm excited to just see the leap that we take this year because I know if we can – just like you said, if we can put them in third and long situations, mm, like teams mm, don't want absolutely. that against us. They you know? do not. And that's what we got to get to is getting them in the situation. So, it's really about winning the first and second down uh, and stopping that run and, and <coughs> making negative plays in the backfield uh, in the run game.
5: And now – I haven't talked to you since you've shared the <laughs> locker room with the reigning defensive player of the year by the name of T.J. Watt. But just talk about, man, what's that been like seeing him on a day-to-day basis as well now that he's won that award? And obviously, you going into this third year, do you feel that you guys can take what you've already been doing to another level?
4: Oh, for sure. I feel like both of us can. The thing about T.J., like, you know, he he's the same person every day. He yeah. comes in and works, and he has the same mantra as me, just continue to get 1% better every day. And it's just cool to be able to uh play alongside of a guy like that who really loves football and loves perfecting his craft and that's the reason he's the best at what he does because he comes out here every day and he works and so just like i said earlier i just try to take things from uh, from from his game and try to you know model them into my game mm. and so whether well, it's learning more about the cross job and for example like a lot of times last year i, 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 I win some rushes but wasn't either I wasn't bending the corner enough or the quarterback would step up and I will just kind of run right by him a few times and so this learning from TJ you know what 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 is a little thing that you do to really get your hips around mm. so that the quarterback when the quarterback steps up like you can still get them and so learning little things like that from him is something I'm going to take like I'm lo- look, looking forward to um, modeling into my game this year and it's just been cool uh, to be able to continue to learn from him and uh, just be teammates with him and I'm excited for for what we got in store this year. Let's go. Yeah, it's certainly exciting. It gets me excited. You Absolutely. know I get excited, man. Man. Come on no, <laughs> We love getting after the quarterback here <laughs> in Blitzberg, baby. We
3: got to. Got to. Uh, you mentioned a few minutes ago when you were talking about, you know, growing into your third year and 1% better, and you used that word growing into a leadership role as well, too. What's that look like for you? Because, you know, every football team's always looking for that next generation of leaders to emerge. Obviously, you've got Cam Hayward, who's great with that. T.J. Watt bridging a the gap there as well, too. But that's always, you know, is, is that something that you're cognizantly, you know, in year three? It's weird how that works, but now you're kind of looked at as one of the veteran guys all of a sudden as opposed to being younger. Is that something like, how how do you work on leadership? Or is that just something that's maybe come natural to you in your football career?
4: Yeah, I just feel like I've always really truly been a lead by example guy. Um, and no matter, you know, what year, like in college, I was always a lead by example guy. But uh, the order I got in my college career, and I feel like, you know, now going to my, my third year, I feel like my, I can use my voice more now. Hmm. I feel like uh, just so far these OTAs, I've been, you know, if younger guys have had a question, I want to be someone that they can come to and, and that they can just soak up knowledge from. Just also is like learning from them as well. Just really, really teaching them any questions that they had. Just, hey, this is what I went through my rookie year, and I want to help you with that. And so uh, just really, that's what it is, just having more of a vocal voice. Because um, I feel like I've always been a lead by example guy. I always work hard, but I really want to step into more of a vocal leader uh, this year um, for the defense and for the team. And so I look forward to doing that. Now the last one I have for you is: We
5: know that we also had a switch in terms of coordinators this off season on the defensive side of the ball, going from Keith Butler to Terrell Austin. Just talk about man, what's that been like for you in terms of your acclimation period, um, adjusting to how he communicates and some of the wrinkles that he's had? Um, how do you feel with this thus far?
4: Oh, Ta's been great so far. I've always liked him as a when he was a coach here last year, uh, coaching the DBs, and I just you know always uh, you know admired the way that he coached those guys. And from when they announced he was going to be defensive coordinator, I was really excited because I know. You know, he's a great coach, and uh, he's gonna, he's going to he's going to build up good schemes for us to win games and win games on the defensive side of the ball this year. And he's been he's been awesome, especially uh, helping us a lot in, in coverage as well. And I think you know we've been working working on that uh, in these OTA periods because we didn't really work on it uh, like earlier as much uh, as we did last year. And so sometimes we get out there in coverage, and it's like sometimes we you know d- didn't know what to do at times. And so uh, going out there. Uh, this year and practicing that that stuff earlier because we can't really like we're not pads right now so it's not like we can do one-on-ones and stuff like that uh, just really refining that area of the game has been really cool so far and you know him being a defensive back coach the past few years uh, he's really been able able to take tips from him uh, in in regards to that so he's been great so far and I'm excited for the way we're going to look this year
3: Last one I've got for you. When we sat down, you know, you had mentioned to Moats and I how you're going to be heading out to Latrobe for the first time in, in about two months. Crazy from now. first time. It it's ah, a there. rite of
5: passage, baby. Yeah, I
4: past years.
3: And it is like I, our, our colleague Dale Lally. I believe the number was 20, <clears throat> right? Uh, 29 uh, of the 90 guys out here. Have only, that's 20 of the players, uh, of the players yeah, uh, have crazy. have been to Latrobe, which is which is well less than half there. Yeah. Do you think it's a good time for everybody to be getting back out there together in the dorms, all that stuff, when you do have, you know, for the first time in a long time, some real substantial turnover in the organization, right? I mean, Ben Roethlisberger retired. Kevin Colbert is no longer general manager. New defensive coordinator. And no TA's been on the staff, but new DC. Brian Flores, new quarterbacks, right, all this stuff. Is it maybe a good time to be heading back there just for the continuity to get everybody on the same
4: page? Yeah, I think it'll be cool. You know, because we're—it's not like we're you know here in the city; like we're we're out in Latrobe, and uh, it's football out there. It's man. football that's about it. out there. Yeah, that's yeah. that's, that's, yeah, like, that's yeah. about it. That's what the guys say that have been there so far. But I think it'll be good—a really good uh, few weeks for us out there just to really lock in and get prepared for the season. And uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm excited because this is my first time. Uh, first time going, and I know that the fans are crazy out there, and so every day it's going to be it's wild. It's nothing like it's yeah, crazy. It's it. It is nothing <laughs> like, <laughs> so like it. Was, it, was, it was really cool at yeah, Heinz Field, but it was different because they were kind of in the stands, and mm-hmm. uh, there's not much interaction. But I've heard they're like, you know, they're they're, they're going to be oh. up and down. Oh, they're, they're right on uh, the top of The walkway, Yeah, yeah. you to practice. Practice, practice won't be absolutely. until 12,
3: 31 o'clock, and they're, uh, they're lined they're up. up they're well. When you walk into
5: the locker room for your two two practice, they will be out there full force screaming man. going they, they,
3: they tailgate out Alex! in the fields until the gates are open and they're allowed <laughs> yeah. in i know
4: my dad's really excited he's definitely he's yeah. definitely looking oh, forward to it he's gonna love it absolutely he's gonna love it man. he'll be interacting with all the fans too and everything <laughs> he will, and, uh, he'll he'll be a superstar no boy <laughs> seriously <laughs> man. You know, people really do know, like it's yeah. crazy like he'll walk he'll walk around and like uh, mr hushman like you know, <laughs> yeah people know him because you, you you see his twitter account like, he's very active he is he is He's got a lot of. He's got a. He's, he he told, he'll tell me today. Like after the game, like he'll talk to him and be like, "Hey, yeah, I met, met some of my Twitter friends today." <laughs> I love it. He's got a lot of. Uh, them. He's hip. He's <laughs> it hip. I love it it. and, I love
5: and it. he travels home in a lot. Yeah. Like we he ran
4: does. into him it's on great. the road before, yep. man. Great. Like absolutely, man, awesome dude. They come. They come to almost all of them. So yeah. I'm thankful for. Nah, that's for, the type of support for, you want yeah. right there, man. Absolutely.
3: absolutely, Alex Highsmith, busy week, busy time of the year for you. A lot going on. We appreciate you taking yes, some time sir. for us here on SNR. Appreciate you
4: guys.
1: Alex Highsmith on earlier today with uh, Wes Euler and Arthur Motes. and uh, you hear uh, how uh, kind of a cerebral approach that Alex Highsmith takes. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's studious. Yeah. Bright young guy, soaks things in. Uh, you can see why the Steelers would, would like that kind of player where they got him in the third round uh, two, two years, no, three years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at the uh, Again, the steady production increases year after year. He's a self-made guy. Walk-on at Charlotte.
2: Yeah, right, right. I remember that raised a few eyebrows when they made that selection. You know, small school guy, not a high pedigree. Uh, like you said, he was a walk-on at a small school to even add add to that. And I remember a couple traits that really stood out to me just studying him really after they drafted him because I knew a lot less about him before they drafted him as after was one trait I think that they, I don't know if they would admit it publicly, but get-off is really important to their guys. You know, a lot of these guys have really good 10-yard splits. They have great get-off-the-snap, these edge pass rushers, and studious. You know, I mean, Watt and Highsmith both are very hard workers. They're master craftsmen in terms of all the – different uh, pass rush moves and hand placement and stringing things together. And even the stuff that wasn't in that interview, you know, him and Motsi were talking off the air about, boy, you're really working on your cross chop and things like that. I mean, he really is putting the time in on those things. And it just gives you – a a good spot to start with, with that get off and athleticism, and then you can take it a couple steps further when you really work hard on your trade, which both these edge guys do.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and you start to reach that that age where the athleticism matches up with the knowledge, mm-hmm. and, and the athleticism is not going to last forever, right? Yeah, right, right, right. So then you get by on knowledge the last few mm-hmm. years of your career, but yeah, you're starting to see uh, Alex Highsmith come into his own. Uh, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We are live from Steelers OTAs here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We are live from Steelers OTA sessions here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. And, uh, Matt, I'm looking here at in, in an article on CBSSports.com. is uh, by Jason LaComfora, mm. ranking the divisions this year.
2: Uh, it's funny. Uh, quite the coincidence because I got asked this question on yesterday's podcast that I did. And I had a hard time ranking them, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, he puts, he puts the a, uh, a, AFC West at number one. I don't know if I would necessarily hmm. put the AFC West at number one because – uh, the, way I'm, the way I'm looking we're talking at about it is how
2: good they are, not like what's the most competitive or any of that right. Like Top to bottom, what's the best division in football?
1: Like, if you put Denver or Oakland, or I should say Las Vegas, Vegas, in the AFC North, would either one of them be the favorite to win it?
2: Well, let I mean, I, I think what you're saying is the AFC North and the West are clearly the top They're two. They're clearly the top two. I agree.
1: But so I don't know, if, like if I were going top to bottom in each division, Let's power rank those eight teams then. Okay. Who's eight?
2: I think the Raiders are
1: I eight. think it's the Raiders. Okay. Yeah. Who's seven?
2: I think it's the Browns the, or Steelers. Do the
1: Browns have Deshaun Watson or not? Let's
2: say he's going to play half the year.
1: Then they're seven.
2: So we'll give them half of a Deshaun Watson.
1: They're seven. They're, they might be eight.
2: They might be eight. I think they're eight. Yeah, I think so. With Brissett they're eight. With Watson, I think they're six. Okay. So, let's call them eight. Okay. Because I think there's going to be a big chunk without them. Right. And certainly this beginning of the year will be without them. You know, Who's to say what teams have what in week 10 anyway? So, yeah. if we yeah. go under the assumption that Watson's not their opening day, because the rest of this stuff is going to change throughout the year anyway. So, let's say the Browns are eight, the Raiders are seven,
1: the Steelers are six. I think it's the Steelers or Denver. I'm not sold on Denver. I think Denver's ahead of the Steelers. I'm not sold on – they haven't won more than seven games in, in, a, in yeah. half a decade.
2: I mean, I think some people would put Denver in the conversation of one.
1: And I think that's way too high.
2: But I think they're ahead of the Steelers. Okay. But I'll give you Denver at five. Okay. So Denver's five, Steelers six, Raiders seven, Brownies eight. Okay. Which is really good. I mean, think about the six, seven, eight teams. There's no other divisions that could compete with that. No. I mean, no. that's the bottom of the divisions here are awesome. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, to me, those, that's why they're in this Those four
1: teams might win the NFC East.
2: Right, right. They I think be they'd be favorite. competing yeah. or would be NFC playoff teams even. Yeah. You know, with three wild card teams. All right. So, do you have a preference? Who's four or who's one? Sometimes it's easier to work backwards. I think the Chiefs are one.
1: Until proven otherwise, I think they're one. I think
2: they deserve that.
1: But I think Baltimore and Cincinnati are two and three.
2: Hmm. I think the Chargers are better than both those teams.
1: They weren't last year.
2: They weren't last year. They were not a player. Well, playoff I guess team. they were, Well, they Baltimore they were wasn't good Baltimore, either. Yeah. Right.
1: I'm just going. Uh, okay, so what the Bengals did last year was they went into Kansas. They beat. They went into Kansas City and beat Kansas City. They did. They did. I mean, obviously, they're the Super Bowl team. Yeah. Um, you know, the Ravens. I expect to bounce back this year.
2: Mm-hmm. This will be controversial, and I bet you don't agree with me. My top four would go KC, Chargers, Ravens, Bengals.
1: Okay, so then you would think the AFC West is the better division.
2: Yeah, because I, I have the 3, 4, just, 6, and With eight. that
1: Chargers franchise, you got to show me.
2: I know. There's a little bit of
1: Cleveland, Cincinnati there. That
2: yeah. I mean, you that's know. they should be a playoff team already. Are right. they ever going to get? There? They had
1: the opportunity last year to do something about that on the field mm-hmm. against the against the uh, the division rival and couldn't get it done.
2: Right, and it's a young coach, and I, I think Cincinnati's similar that way: young quarterback, young coach. But they, and, proved, but it they proved it. But they proved it, and yeah. the other team didn't. But I think if the Chargers played the Bengals 111 times right now, <laughs> the Chargers win.
1: Okay. So I
2: would go the West slightly over the North, okay, so but the, it's think, a battle.
1: We think the North is number two. Oh, yeah. Who's three? NFC West for me? That's who he has.
2: Okay. But Seattle's bad.
1: Seattle's really bad. And and I don't know that um,
2: – I think Arizona's really hard to trust, too. I
1: think they're going to take a step back this year. I'm not
2: sure Arizona's any different than that Bengals-Chargers conversation we had in that do I trust them to really be a winner?
1: And I don't know what San Francisco is. Right. If they start Trey Lance, I, they could they could win twelve games, they could win six.
2: They could. I think they have a little bit of that Raven Steelers factor. Well, maybe I'll take that back because every Shanahan year's either's been final four or picking in the top few. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then I was gonna say they seem like an eight or nine win team no matter what. But maybe I'm wrong about that, you know, because history a, hasn't stood up to that.
1: I saw a stat the other day that Trey Lance, in his crew, since since he went to college, has thrown 359 passes or something like since that. Since he went to college. Yes. I mean, that's a that's long like five time years. ago. Right, right, right.
2: That, that's interesting. Yeah. And Jimmy's not going to be in the it equation. Is,
1: it's not like he was at Alabama sitting behind no. somebody. Right,
2: right, right. You know? Yeah. I still think they're the third division, though.
1: Okay, Who's um, four? He is the AFC East. I get that. I think it's a pretty solid drop-off, though, from those first two to the next. Uh, Agreed.
2: Agreed. Because I think Buffalo would be one on all of our power ranks. Right.
1: But then the rest of it is. The rest of it's okay. Yeah.
2: I don't think the Jets are a garbage team anymore. But that's kind of like the Lance They're Wilson still conversation. They're probably a five-win team, though. Right. They have an awful schedule, too. And neither one of us is high on New England. Right. And I had a lot of questions about Miami.
1: Yeah.
2: See, I which East division is better?
1: I might put the NFC South over the AFC East.
2: I can see that. Especially, like, if Mayfield landed in Carolina. Yeah. At least I think you get to, a, like, a seven-win team then. You know, yeah, right, right. An NFL quarterback.
1: Because
2: yeah. I think the Saints are a playoff team. Yeah. The Bucks might be the best team in the NFC. Right. Um, they added a Akeem Hicks today, by the way. The Falcons way. are really bad. They're horrible. Yeah. They're the last. Yeah, They're 32 to me. Here's a dark horse, though. What about the NFC East?
1: Yeah, I'm not buying on that. Uh,
2: see, I think Philly and Dallas are playoff-type teams.
1: I think Dallas might be the biggest disappointment this year.
2: Yeah, I have my worries about them. But I think their bottom feeders are a little better than they've been in that Washington, to me, is like a 7-9 to nine win team. And I think the Giants aren't one of the worst teams in the league anymore.
1: <laughs> Again, guilty until proven innocent. Right.
2: A couple of these divisions, though. I mean, NFC North has two bad teams, even though I think one's going the right direction. And AFC South has two bad teams. You know, that are just bad. That are just bad yeah. and probably aren't going to change soon. So, who's the worst division in the league?
1: Well, according to Lockham, Lockham 4, he has the uh, NFC North sixth. He has the NFC South fifth. NFC North sixth. AFC South seventh in the NFC East eight. Hmm. I don't
2: think I'd have the NFC East eight. I'm starting to really warm up to the Colts, though, in terms of the AFC South. Like, I think that's a 10 or 11 win team.
1: In that division, yeah. Especially considering the six playing, games in that if division. If they are playing in the AFC North, they'd be the, battling for third place.
2: Yes. They're not much different than the Steelers or
1: Browns. No. You
2: know, and the Browns best. That's
1: team. the thing to me. I think people need to, to keep. <sighs> the Steelers could take a step backward in wins this year, mm-hmm. but be a better team than they were last year.
2: I wouldn't be shocked if that's how it actually tra- transpires.
1: Because I don't think they're a bad football team. No, I, I keep keep seeing you know these things out there. They're going to be picking top ten, or they have the Steelers picking in the top twelve.
2: I mean, even if they're fourth in the division, they're not the Jags, Texans, you know, Giants, Bears. Spence. I mean, there's some bad ones yeah. out there, and not Falcons. to mention, and maybe the Steelers will be this team, but they haven't been lately. That there's going to be two teams that we're counting on to be middle of the road that are going to be junk after three injuries. You know yeah. what I mean? The, yeah. And, and to me, I mean, that's the Duck Hodges' year.
1: Yeah, you went 8-8. Eight, eight. Yeah, right. right, and they
2: still went 8-8, eight eight, you know what I mean?
1: And yeah, they, I just look at this team, and, uh, you know, I, I again bring up the fact that Mike Tomlin in his career is 52-50 and 50 against teams that finish the season with a winning record. With a winning record. The best To be of 500 any, against yeah. those teams is amazing. That's the best of any coach in the league, and I bring mm-hmm. that up because uh, today Gunnar Olszewski said, and we'll hear from him in the next yeah, hour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he told reporters that, um, you know the, the the coaching staff in New England talked very highly of Mike Tomlin, uh, right? Really? As, a, as a coach, and they did. I'm interested to hear that. And they, they didn't do yet. that ab- about a lot of guys. I'm sure they didn't. Yeah.
2: I mean, I bet deep down, Belichick does not respect that many coaches. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I th- I always go back to the Bill Walsh saying that you know. We're fighting against eight teams here, folks. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm sure Belichick looked at that the same way. I and mean, Maybe it's not the same eight teams every year, but there's really only eight teams, give or take, that I truly fear or respect or could be on our level as the Montana Niners. You know? yeah. And I'm sure Belichick looked at it the same way. And I think the Steelers have been that all along. They've been one of those eight.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you, when you look at the track record, I mean, they've, they've had the second-best record the over league. The, since – since Belichick has been head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's, that's saying a, something. There's a lot to be said for that, right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to take another break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're doing a special show here, as we have done uh, did last week. We'll continue this week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, here at the Steelers OTA sessions on the UPMC, at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Uh, of course, you can listen to uh, Wes Euler and Arthur Motes uh, from 10 to 1, and then Matt and I take over from 1 to 4, Every day that, that the Steelers practice here. Uh, we'll be back with hour three right after this.
0: Life's an adventure and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help.